This is the broadcast voice of Marshall University. WMUL-FM, Huntington, West Virginia. And now, News Center 88 at 5, the area source for the most complete news coverage from across the campus of Marshall University and the Huntington Tri-State area. And now, the News Center 88 team. Good evening, everyone, for this Friday, June 3rd, 2022. I'm David Atkins. And I'm Michaela Wheeler. Coming up this evening on News Center 88, plans are still being finalized on where students will attend classes in the fall. All on your only daily source for Marshall Broadcast News. Mike Stanley will be in with the Metro Huntington weather forecast, and the current temperature outside is a sunny 80 degrees. And now on to our top story. President Joe Biden says he's not changed his views on human rights despite his administration offering praise of Saudi Arabia for getting OPEC Plus to set up oil production. Biden said today he has, quote, no direct plans at the moment, unquote, to visit a kingdom that he's previously criticized for rights abuses. A person familiar with the White House planning, but not authorized to comment, however, said Biden has decided to visit Saudi Arabia as well as Israel, though the trip has not been finalized. He'll likely add the stops to an already scheduled trip to Europe for a pair of summits this month. The Special Olympics has dropped a coronavirus vaccine mandate for its games in Orlando after Florida moved to fine the organization $27.5 million for violating a state law against such requirements. Republican Governor Ron DeSantis announced today the organization had removed the requirement for its competition in the state, which is scheduled to run June 5th to June 12th. The Florida Health Department notified the Special Olympics of the fine in a letter yesterday that said the organization would be fined $27.5 million for 5,500 violations of state law for requiring proof of coronavirus vaccination for attendees or participants. Much of the Florida Peninsula, along with parts of Cuba and the Bahamas, are under a tropical storm warning as a system that battered Mexico moves from the Gulf of Mexico, bringing threats of heavy rain and wind for the weekend. The National Hurricane Center in Miami said early today, data from a Hurricane Hunter plane indicate the system's maximum sustained winds increased overnight and was expected to strengthen later today. The storm, once known as Agatha in the Pacific Ocean, will be known as Alex in the Atlantic Ocean Basin. At 11 a.m., the system was located about 430 miles southwest of Fort Myers, with winds nearing 40 miles per hour. Tesla shares tumbled more than 7% today on a report that CEO Elon Musk is considering laying off 10% of the company's workers, as well as new questions from U.S. regulators over complaints of vehicles breaking for no reason. In an email yesterday to Tesla executives titled, Pause All Hiring Worldwide, Musk wrote that he had, quote, super bad feeling, unquote, about the economy and that the company needed to cut staff, the Associated Press reported. Also today, government regulators are asking questions about Tesla's reliability after more than 750 Tesla owners complained that cars operating on the automaker's partially automated driving systems have suddenly stopped on roadways for no apparent reason. Less than 48 hours after a gunman stormed an elementary school and killed 19 children and two teachers in his home state of Texas, Senator John Cornyn was tapped to lead gun policy negotiations in the Senate. 
The Republican lawmaker says he's not interested in making a political statement, but wants to, quote, make the terrible events that occurred in Evald less likely in the future, unquote. Republican leader Mitch McConnell selected Cornyn to negotiate with Democrats. A four-term Senator Cornyn has been here before, a central figure at the forefront of gun policy changes that almost never make it into law. President Joe Biden believes this time with Republicans will be different. Coming up, Pleasant Valley Hospital joins the Mountain Health Network. That and more news from across the tri-state when News Center 88 returns right after this. One quick question. Have you ever gone to work or school like this? Mr. Anderson, you're 10 minutes late. Whatever, Mr. Anderson, you're late, man. You haven't? Well, you might as well have if you shown up like this. Mr. Anderson, you're 10 minutes late. Uh, sorry, sir. I didn't get much sleep last night. Well, don't let it happen again. Sleep deprivation can have the same effects as alcohol intoxication. Getting less than six hours of sleep at night can affect judgment, coordination, and reaction time. It can also lead to depression, anxiety, diabetes, even death. Catching a few extra winks at night might not be simple, but it's one of many steps to a healthy life. This guide to a good night's sleep is brought to you by your friends at WMUL. Here are three reasons why you should check out WMUL's website. With our Windows Media Server, our station can be heard around the world. You can listen to audio archives of sporting events and other original shows. With our online schedule, you never have to guess when your favorite show or music format airs again. Your place in cyberspace. Welcome back to News Center 88, voted best newscast in the state of West Virginia by the Associated Press. I'm David Atkins. And I'm Michaela Wheeler. A former West Virginia classroom aide has been sentenced to two maximum, excuse me, to the maximum two years in prison on battery charges involving a special needs student. News outlets report James Lynch was sentenced yesterday in Kanawha County Circuit Court for his guilty plea to two counts of misdemeanor battery. According to an indictment, Lynch shoved the student on one occasion and hit him in the chest another time. Both incidents caused the students to fall. Lynch was fired from Horace Mann Middle School last fall, months after the incidents occurred. Three other ex-Kanal County school employees who worked in the same special education classroom also faced battery charges. A former West Virginia classroom aide has been sentenced to the maximum two years in prison on battery charges involving a special needs student. West Virginia Supreme Court has overturned a man's 2017 murder conviction, citing errors by a trial judge in an opinion released yesterday. The court ordered a new trial for Oscar Combs Sr. He was convicted in the 2013 death of Teresa Lynn Ford of the Mercer County community of Matoka. Combs was sentenced to life in prison without the chance of parole. The court said in an opinion written by Chief Justice John Hutchinson that Combs did not receive a fair trial. 
It said a Wyoming County judge gave improper instructions to the jury and allowed evidence to be submitted from Combs' murder trial in a separate case. A Virginia consulting firm has been awarded a contract to conduct thorough review of West Virginia's massive health agency. The Crystal Group of Alexandria, Virginia was among two bidders for the contract to review the Department of Health and Human Resources. The DHHR's budget is about 39% of the state's entire spending. In late March, Governor Jim Justice vetoed a bill that would have split the DHHR into separate agencies. He said he first wanted to look into its, quote, issues, bottlenecks, and inefficiencies, unquote. Some supporters said the bill was long overdue for such a large agency and could have helped better address the state's substance abuse crisis. West Virginia is scaling back its community testing events for the coronavirus. Governor Jim Justice says the decision was made due to the availability and convenience of at-home test kits for COVID-19. The state has provided free community testing since the start of the pandemic in 2020. Justice says only a few people are showing up now at some community events. People who have symptoms or have been exposed to someone with the virus can still find testing sites at places such as pharmacies and participating health departments and medical centers. The state has a map of available testing sites on the Department of Health and Human Resources website. A West Virginia hospital will join the Mountain Health Network under an agreement that calls for $39 million in investments over the next five years. The agreement announced by Mountain Health yesterday is the first step toward Pleasant Valley Hospital in Point Pleasant being acquired by Cabell Huntington Hospital. It will allow the 101-bed nonprofit hospital to become part of the health network that also includes St. Mary's Medical Center in Huntington. Mountain Health CEO Kevin Yingling says the agreement's goal is to ensure access to advanced medicine and compassionate care for residents served by the Point Pleasant Hospital from West Virginia and Ohio. Coming up next, Trump aide indicted for defying a subpoena. That and more news from around the nation when News Center 88 returns. Stay with us. Imagine a friend has just told you they were diagnosed with a mental illness. What would you do? Awkward, isn't it? But what's even more awkward is, if you're not there for them, they'll be less likely to recover. Mental illness. What a difference a friend makes. To learn more, go to whatadifference.org. This message is brought to you by the Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Welcome back to News Center 88. I'm David Atkins. And I'm Michaela Wheeler. A cardiologist for John Fetterman, the Democratic nominee for U.S. Senate in Pennsylvania who is recovering from a stroke, has disclosed that Fetterman also has cardiomyopathy. The acknowledgement today was the first public comment by a doctor for Fetterman since the candidate first took to social media on May 15th to disclose the stroke. In a statement released through the campaign, Fetterman's cardiologist, Dr. Ramesh Chandra, says Fetterman will be fine if he eats healthy foods, takes prescribed medication, and exercises. The 52-year-old Fetterman easily won the Democratic nomination while in the hospital just hours after undergoing surgery to implant a pacemaker with a defibrillator. Georgia officials have arrested an 18-year-old 
who they say threatened to kill a sheriff and his wife over the arrest of rappers Young Thug and Gunna. Fulton County Sheriff Patrick Labatt, alleged to be the target of the threats, announced the arrest today. Records show Quartavius Mender, who was booked into the Fulton County Jail last week on 23 counts of making terrorist threats. He's been held without bail. The Associated Press reports Mender threatened to kill Labatt, his wife, and the Atlanta School District's police chief on various social media pages if they didn't release Young Thug. President Joe Biden came before the television cameras today to celebrate yet another month of healthy job growth and low unemployment and the fastest pace of hiring in four decades under his watch. Yet just as it often does, the subject soon turned to the rampant mines and a leading reason for Biden's sunken public approval ratings. Voters have made clear in opinion surveys that their attention is focused much more on soaring gasoline and food prices than on the plentiful availability of jobs. Harley-Davidson is set to reopen plants in Wisconsin and Pennsylvania after sorting out issues with a supplier. The Milwaukee Journal Centennial reports the motorcycle manufacturer suspended operations at its plants in Menomee Falls, Wisconsin, and York, Pennsylvania. On May 19th for two weeks, citing a regulatory complaint issue with a supplier. The company didn't name the supplier or provide other details. Harley-Davidson stock dropped almost 9% the day the shutdown was announced. The company plans to restart the plants on Monday. Former Trump White House official Peter Navarro has been indicted on contempt charges after defying a subpoena from the House panel investigating the January 6th attack on the U.S. Capitol. Navarro is the second former aide to former President Donald Trump to be charged with contempt of Congress for refusing to cooperate with the January 6, 2021 investigation. Navarro was charged with one contempt count for failing to appear for a deposition before the House committee. The second charge is for failing to produce documents the committee requested. Navarro is expected to appear in court in Washington, D.C. today. Navarro claims the House Select Committee investigating the Capitol attack is unlawful. Coming up next, Duval Police Chief allegedly without radio during shooting. Your daily political update when News Center 88 returns right after this. You okay? Yeah, I'm just allergic to all these irritating radio stations. If you are being slowed down daily by drab radio stations, ask your doctor about taking WMUL. WMUL works by sending a stream of exciting news and sports coverage to the brain while taking out all the commercials slowing you down. Oh, much better. Thank you, WMUL. Side effects include but are not limited to exciting bouts of metal, jazz, blues, alternative hip-hop, gospel, rock, and more. A deficiency in commercials and an intense feeling of personal satisfaction and joy. Do not take WMUL if you hate happiness. I don't hate happiness. Ask your doctor about taking WMUL-FM 88.1. Hi, this is John Bon Jovi, asking you to go to serve.gov to get involved in something you believe in. I'm a big believer in the power of we. We weren't born. We can tackle the tough challenges we face and build community through service and volunteering. United we stand, united we serve. Are you with me? Go to serve.gov for more information about how to volunteer in your community. This message is brought to you by United We Serve and the Corporation for National and Community Service. Welcome back to News Center 88. I'm David Atkins. And I'm Michaela Wheeler. The New York legislature has approved a milestone environmental measure designed to tap the brakes on the spread of cryptocurrency mining operations that burn fossil fuels. 
Both supporters and opponents say the legislation is the first of its kind in the U.S. The Senate approved it early today, and it now goes to Democratic Governor Kathy Hochul for consideration. The measure would establish a two-year moratorium on new and renewed air permits for fossil fuel power plants used for what's called proof-of-work crypto mining. Environmentalists say crypto mining operations that burn natural gas threaten the state's ability to meet climate goals. Supporters of cryptocurrency say the measure would crimp economic development. Taser developer Axon said this week it is working to build drones armed with the electric stunning weapons that could fly into schools and, quote, help prevent the next Evald, Sandy Hook, or Columbine, unquote. But its own group of technology advisors quickly panned the idea as a dangerous fantasy. The publicly traded company, which sells tasers and police body cameras, floated the idea of a new police drone product last year to its Artificial Intelligence Ethics Board, a group of well-respected experts in technology, policing, and privacy. Some of them expressed reservations. But they did not expect Axon's announcement yesterday that it wants to send those taser-equipped drones into classrooms. Stocks ended another bumpy week with more losses today as investors consider the downside of the still-strong U.S. jobs market. The S&P 500 fell 1.6 percent, marking its eighth losing week in the last nine. Losses in big technology companies helped pull the Nasdaq down 2.5 percent. The Dow Jones Industrial Average lost 1 percent. A report showing stronger hiring last month than expected is good news for the economy amid worries about a possible recession. But many investors saw it keeping the Federal Reserve on its path to hiking interest rates aggressively. The yield on the 10-year Treasury note rose to 2.94 percent. An historical marker alerting motorists that 1912 two-time Olympic gold medalist Jim Thorpe once played pro basketball, baseball, my apologies, in eastern North Carolina, is back up more than two years after it was accidentally torn down. The state transportation department says the replacement marker was installed two weeks ago in downtown Rocky Mount. The marker tells passerbys that Forp came to the city in 1909 to play for the Rocky Mount Railroaders. Thorpe, a Sac and Fox Potawatomi citizen, has was stripped of his medal for the pentathlon and decathlon after losing his amateur status based on playing baseball in North Carolina. The medals were restored about 30 years after his death. A Texas state senator says the state agency investigating the mass shooting at an elementary school in Uvalde has determined that the commander facing criticism for the slow police response was not carrying a radio as the massacre unfolded. Senator Roland Gutierrez told the Associated Press today that a Texas Department of Public Safety told him school district police chief Pete Arredondo was without a radio during the May 24th attack by a lone gunman at Robb Elementary School that left 19 students and two teachers dead. Arredondo has not responded to interview requests from AP. The head of the DPS has criticized Arredondo for acting too slowly. Gutierrez said yesterday that Arredondo was not informed of 911 calls from terrified children inside the school during the shooting. And coming up, Michael Stanley will have a complete look at your Metro Huntington weather forecast and updates on the Russia-Ukraine war. Stay with us. Hey, Patrick, what's up? Hey, Michael. 
What's up with you? Uh, why does your voice sound like that? I know, it's awesome. I sound like a robot. You sound like T-Pain or Kanye. Yeah, that's the idea. Well, if you like the sound of those rappers, just tune in to 88.1 and listen to the new and old hip-hop hits. Oh, that's not a bad idea. Your voice is stuck like that, isn't it? Yeah, kinda. You moron. For the very best hip-hop, tune in to 88.1 WMUL-FM. Did you know that 63% of homes contain allergens from cockroaches? And that mice spread potent asthma triggers found in 82% of homes? It's true. Common household pests are major offenders on the list of indoor allergens. Learn what you can do to help your family breathe easier. Visit pestworld.org. A public service message from the National Pest Management Association and the Asthma and Allergy Foundation of America. Welcome back to News Center 88. I'm Mike Stanley, and now it's time for your Metro Huntington weather forecast. Today has been warm, cloudy, and humid. The high was 80 degrees. It's going to be a warm and humid weekend with daytime highs in the mid-80s, overnight lows in the upper 50s, and clear skies through Monday afternoon. The rain and thunder are moving in Monday evening, though, and they will stick around through Thursday afternoon. Despite the rain, the temperatures will be largely unchanged with daytime highs in the mid-80s and overnight lows around 60 through next Thursday. Today in weather history. On this day in 1959, Salton, Kansas was devastated by a record-setting hailstorm, completely destroying crops and causing half a million dollars in damage. 18 inches of hail fell over the course of 85 minutes. The temperature, which had been near 80 before the storm, plummeted to 38 degrees at the storm's height. And in 1989, afternoon thunderstorms in the southern plains spawned 11 tornadoes. Thunderstorm winds gusted up to 80 miles per hour in Newcastle and Wilson, Oklahoma, and softball-sized hail was reported in Monahans, Childress, and Gosbeck, Texas. Thanks to weatherforyou.com for that information. At New Center 88, it is sunny 80 degrees Fahrenheit, or 27 degrees Celsius. That's your Metro Huntington weather forecast for New Center 88. I'm Mike Stanley. Thanks, Mike. Now on to Russian Ukraine news. When Vladimir Putin sent troops into Ukraine in late February, the Russian president vowed his forces would not occupy the neighboring country. But as the invasion reached its 100th day today, Russia seemed increasingly unlikely to relinquish the territory it has taken in the war. The ruble is now an official currency in the southern Kyrgyzstan region. Residents therein in Russia-controlled parts of a neighboring region are getting offered Russian passports. The Kremlin-installed administrations in both regions have talked about plans to become part of Russia. In a video marking the first 100 days of fighting, Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky indicated that his country would not submit easily to Russian control. When Russia invaded Ukraine, no one knew how Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky would respond. The 44-year-old who had catapulted himself from the world of entertainment into his nation's presidency now faced an invasion by Russia's giant army. His response has turned out to be forceful and compelling public in leading his country's unexpectedly fierce resistance. Every night he rallies Ukrainians to the fight with a video address on social media. There have been 100 so far, one for each day of the war. Nightly reminders that he has not fled and the Ukraine has indeed survived. The chairman of the African Union, Senegal's President Macy Saul, has told Russian President 
Vladimir Putin that the fighting in Ukraine and Western sanctions had worsened food shortages and appealed to other countries to ensure grain and fertilizer exports aren't blocked. Putin blamed the West after the meeting in the Black Sea city of Sochi today for emerging global food and energy crises and repeated offers for safe passage for ships exporting grain from Ukraine. African countries are especially hard hit by the food shortages and price increases. They imported 44 percent of their wheat from Russia and Ukraine between 2018 and 2020, according to a U.N. figures, and prices have soared around 45 percent, according to the African Development Bank. Coming up next, Keystone Gold. Stay tuned. Wide leader of Marshall University sports coverage. Welcome back into the Soul Ballroom at the Convention Center in Riviera Maya, Mexico. WMUL welcomes you to the mountain town of Blacksburg, Virginia. We are high up here at the Gund Arena in Cleveland, Ohio. It's the 2005 Kraft Mac Women's Basketball Tournament. Welcome back to Firestone Stadium in Akron, Ohio. The 2005. Right in the first inning, no score here at Appalachian Power Park. Marshall. WMUL FM, Huntington. But mom, don't but mom me. You heard what the doctor said. I'm fine. I just got my bell rung. It's not like I blacked out. You've had headaches, dizzy spells, and you're just not yourself. That's not feeling fine. Come on. I can't miss the game. It's still serious even if you didn't black out. It's better to miss one game than the whole season. All concussions are serious. Know the warning signs and never let your child return to play before a health care professional says it's okay. A message from CDC. In a city filled with bad radio, (laughs) only one station can rise up and save the day. WMUL. This fearless team of genres fights to bring better radio to the citizens of Huntington. There's no need to fear with Captain Alternative, Iron Blue, Hip Hulk, and Street Beast. Spider Jazz. Metal Reed. Flashback Cage. Living Gospel. The Rock Eye. And the Sports Four. Team Assemble. When you're trapped by bad radio. <laughs> Tune in to 88.1 FM, where the cutting edge will be ready to save the day. And finally today on New Center 88. The first major U.S. gold run had people heading west. This one may get people taking a close look at western Pennsylvania. There has long been talk about a stash of Civil War era gold buried in a rural site in western Pennsylvania. And now there are indications it may be more than just talk. A scientific analysis commissioned by the FBI shortly before agents went digging for buried treasure suggests a huge quantity of gold could be there. The report is from a geophysicist who did testing at the site. The government has long claimed its dig didn't yield any of the gold that legend says is buried there. The new study is part of a court-ordered release of government records on the FBI's treasure hunt. A black bear found a nice shady spot to hang out in Albany, New York, but didn't get to stay long. The bear climbed into a tree near the Capitol and perched comfortably on a branch about 30 feet high until people spotted it. 
Wildlife workers were dispatched and they tranquilized the bear, caught it in a net, and carted it away. Before that, Albany police tweeted out several pictures of the bear in the tree, including one in which it appeared to be napping. Police say after a medical evaluation, the bear will be released in the Catskill Mountains south of Albany. A permanent virtual exhibit of one of France's most famous prehistoric sites, the undersea Cosker Cave, is set to open its doors as concerns grow that it could be completely unindated as a result of rising tides driven by climate change. As of Saturday, visitors to the port city of Marciel will be able to see the Cosker Mediterranean, a replica of the over 30,000-year-old site with copies of the prehistoric paintings that made the cave internationally famous. The Cosker Cave was discovered in 1985 by diver Henry Cosker in deep waters off the Marciel coastline. And that does it for this summer edition of New Center 88. Be sure to tune in Monday at 5 for the most complete news from Marshall University and the Tri-State area. And remember to check us out on the World Wide Web at marshall.edu slash WMUL. For Michaela Wheeler, Michael Stanley, Zane Townsend, and the entire News Center 88 team, I'm David Atkins, and your thought of the day is, a friend is one who knows you and loves you just the same. Albert Hubbard.